0: One of them was like, I will even pay you to teach me how to do that. I think that we really need to learn from you. You have a lot to teach us. And so they basically pushed me to come out with this video and this um, this guide to show people how to ship. And yeah, so I did it as a live class with them. And then since then, I have offered that video and the guide on my etsy shop and on my own website
1: today on the zebra blogs furniture fishing podcast we are inspiring and informing with natalie dayton of a ray of sunlight natalie is our march feature on the zebra you'll enjoy learning more about her on the blog and here on the podcast stay tuned as we discuss her work and learn more about how she has broadened her customer base by providing shipping options to customers across the country I'm your host Lane Ball with Zebra. Hi Natalie, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hey,
0: thank you for having me.
1: You know, one of the reasons we love doing these podcasts is that we get to make new friends like yourself and we love learning about your talents and your experience in business. So with that said, Natalie, tell us about you and your family and how you got started in furniture finishing.
0: About a year and a half ago, we moved from Arizona, where both me and my husband both pretty much grew up. Um, and we moved to Duluth, Minnesota, completely different world up here. Um, we have two little girls. One is a three-year-old, and another one is a year old. So they're pretty pretty little still um, and yeah. require a lot of attention. When I was probably 17 years old... This is going back a little bit. But um, I remember in my parents' wood shop up in Idaho that there was this old mid century modern uh, sewing desk. And I remember walking past it a few times and just looking at it and being like, that would be such a cool thing to either paint it, to refinish it. I don't know what it was about that. I just remember walking by it and be like, that would be so cool to make that fresh and new again. Mm -hmm. So I asked my parents what their plans were with that thing. And my mom was like, oh, I was going to refinish it. Just haven't gotten around to it. And I was like, well, could I have it? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so um, my dad made a few modifications to the sewing part of it. So then it would actually hold my sewing machine. And after he helped me do that, then my mom gave me some products, basically told me kind of how to do it and just left me on my own to do it. And I'd be like, okay, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do this and then I'll go ask my mom some more questions. (laughs) And anyway, so that was my first piece that I refinished and I just remember enjoying the whole process of it. And then, you know, fast forward a few more years, I went to college and I needed some furniture for my apartment. And, um, so me and my roommates, we went and bought some stools. And I remember going to the store and going and getting some black spray paint. And we went out to the parking lot and sprayed those all black and, um, put them in our apartment, and I was so proud of Mm. those little stools that I spray-painted. Fast forward, we got married. I was back in the situation of, okay, I'm dirt poor. I kind of want to make this house a home. And so um, we went to the local thrift store, picked up um, a couple of pieces of furniture. At that point, we had moved up to Idaho for school, and so I was close by, my parents in the wood shop. So I took that furniture out there and I, you know, painted the furniture, pretty sure I painted it black again. Anyway, so I did that. I didn't have much money to spend. And so I just did a couple of pieces. And that was that. And then fast forward again, we were we moved down to Arizona, I was working at a pizza place, we were both going to school. And we both had this goal of, Getting through college, starting a family, me being a stay-at-home mom, but also knowing that I would want to bring in some income to help our family, mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning years. Just you know, when we not when my husband wouldn't be able to make as much money, especially as he was still going to school. And so I thought, I do not want to keep sitting here at this pizza joint. I started throwing out these different ideas of, okay, how could I work from home, doing something creative, something that I love to do, um, and make some income for our family so then I don't have to be working outside of the home. And then I noticed that a lot of people were painting furniture and selling it. You know, I was part of a lot of yard sale groups on Facebook, and I just saw tons of people painting and selling furniture and I just thought you know I could do that and so we went and we got a couple of pieces of furniture at the thrift store came home to our two-bedroom upstairs apartment and I painted in the kitchen listed them for sale and and they sold at that point I was like I'm not gonna try to compete with people and their low prices Because, you know, there were a ton of other refinishers around and all of their prices were really low. And I was like, holy cow, this is a lot of work Mm. for that much money. Mm -hmm. And so I started out being one of the higher in my area. And so those pieces sold within a few days. And so then we just kept buying furniture and furniture. And I remember the person who bought that from me. And I remember him being like, okay, this is awesome. You need to keep doing this. You need to make a Facebook page. You need to invite me to that Facebook page so I can continue to follow what you're doing. And that was so motivating to me Mm -hmm. to have somebody, a complete stranger, see my work. It was one of the first pieces I did and to tell me how great it was. To me, a stranger telling me how great my work is, is way more than like a family member or somebody telling me that my work is great because I feel like they have to lie to me to make me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) After that, I just kept going and here we are. That was in 2014, I believe. So yeah, four and a half years later, here I am. I've refinished like hundreds of pieces of furniture and I've sold most of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of them I've kept for myself, but, you know, I've just been selling and I've been loving what I do.
1: Well, let me ask you, with that, do you work with multiple types of paints?
0: For the most part, I use chalk paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to really fall in love with Shacto uh, Interiors Milk Paint. Mm-hmm. Um that stuff it's so much fun but you have to just let your creative go and let it do its thing. So you can't expect a perfect piece out of it because it's just going to do its own thing.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't have control uh over yeah. that part of it. And I suppose that's no. a bit scary at times.
0: Yeah, it can be really scary. <laughs> um <laughs> but it's also it's so much fun every single time that I have used that milk paint. I have just been like, okay, I just need something. I just need to just let go, have fun. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, happens. And I feel like when I use milk paint like that, that I can just, I can. Like I have an excuse to just do whatever I want and let Mm -hmm. the paint do whatever it wants. Because if something happens and it's not what I expected, well, it wasn't necessarily my fault, was it? (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, and that comes from my perfectionist side is, you know, I'm, I try to make everything perfect, the best that it can be. And sometimes I just need an excuse for it to not be perfect, you know, for me to be okay with it, not to be, you know,
1: 100% mm-hmm.
0: factory made type stuff, if that makes right. any sense.
1: Let's talk about some of your refinished pieces. Uh, By the way, all of Natalie's pieces that we discuss on the podcast today will also be highlighted on the Meet Natalie feature on our blog with a special podcast symbol next to the piece. And I know you'll want to check them out. Natalie, one of your most recent works was a dresser and it was painted in a, a warmer tone, I believe, with a stained top and stained legs. You wrote on Instagram that you were out of your comfort zone and using chippy paint, but you really liked it and plan on using it again. Um, we just, you just mentioned Shacto. I believe it was Shacto Interiors paint that you used mm-hmm. on this piece. Tell us more about this piece and the and the process.
0: Yes, that was Shacto Interiors milk paint on that one. And that was actually the first time that I had used her milk paint on furniture. I've used mm-hmm. other milk paint and it's been just fine. Um, but I've really honestly enjoyed shacto interiors milk paint I don't know if there's any difference or what the difference is but for some reason I just I love my shacto Mm -hmm. interiors milk paint and I am not paid to say that I have not gotten free paint or anything from her (laughs) like I just I've loved it anyways that piece honestly came from a time that I was struggling with other pieces of furniture and I was just like okay I'm done I can't keep coming to work and trying to work on these pieces. Every time that I think that I'm almost done with these pieces, something happens and I have to go back and I have to fix something and, you know, and so I was just like, man, I'm, I'm done. And I saw the milk paint that I had ordered and I thought, you know what, it's time to have some fun and just let it do its thing. And so I was like, okay, what piece do I have around here that I could just have fun on? And so I grabbed that dresser and I was, I had other plans for it, but I was like, eh, I'll just try this on this one. Why not? (laughs) And I knew that I wanted the, the legs to be sanded Mm -hmm. because I love that wood finish on the legs. Um, and that was the only thing that I knew for sure that I wanted on there. And I didn't know how the paint was going to react, but I just went for it. And it's one of my favorite pieces now.
1: Did you just apply the, the, um, the Schachtel interiors paint to it and just kind of let it do its thing, allowing it to chip? Because I, I, I guess what you do is you can use some, um, a bonding agent, or I guess depending on how much you sand the piece and prep it is to the extent To a degree of how much chippiness is going to take place. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Milk paint, for some reason, just does its own thing. And I don't know that any of us really know why it does what it does, because Uh people who use it all the time are still surprised sometimes by what it does. But on that particular piece, and I actually wrote a blog post about this piece because I didn't want to forget how I actually did it, you know, the process. Mm -hmm. So this particular piece, I wanted it to be chippy. I just wanted to let it do its own thing. And so I didn't sand it, like the body of it. The top of it was really, really rough. And it had, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, the crackling gator type fill on the top Mm -hmm. of it. So I sanded that all down as well as those two front legs. But the rest of it, I used a sander deglosser on it. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's a liquid that is supposed to degloss the finish. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what? I I want it to be chippy, but I don't want it to be overly chippy. Like, I want it to stick in some places. Um, And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to just try the Sander de Glosser, see what happens with it. If it fails, then it fails, but I just really want to have some fun. So I just wiped it all down with the Sander deglosser, let it dry, and I didn't do any bonding agent with the milk paint. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure that I used one of your Zebra paintbrushes on it Actually, I know for sure I did because I had just won the triangle brush from one of the Instagram contests, and so I was so excited to try that out. So I tried out the zebra, the triangle brush on the details, and it was so much easier to get in the details with that brush. So I put a couple of coats on it of that Magnolia Pure Color, And I still was not sure that I liked the color. I was so hesitant about people, you know, how people were going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And I posted it on Instagram and Facebook and holy cow, everybody loved it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a really good color. And, you know, now I'm sitting here like, man, I need to order some more of that color because... I just, I love it. And people responded to it really well. So, but I don't know if, if I could duplicate what I did done before, you know? Well, it's, it it
1: is a great color. Thanks for sharing. You said it was the Magnolia pier. Um, and, and you, obviously this thing was in demand because I understand you sold this dresser and shipped it across the country. So that is, that's great. And, and we'll, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk with uh, Natalie about shipping her shipping insights uh, but before we do that, I just want to discuss another piece. And this piece is a chest of drawers that has a two-toned dip effect, I guess you could say. And so basically the top and top drawers were stained dark and then everything below, all four drawers and legs were painted in a lighter teal color. And it has sort of a sort of a stately look to it. It's really nice. So what inspired you to go with the two tone dipped effect on this one?
0: Do you know? Um, I was creeping on Katie Coe on her Instagram. I love love her work so much. Yeah. And I I, I saw, I think it was some nightstands that she had done with the top of it was the stained and then the body was painted. And I was like, man, I just really, I need to do that on the piece. I love that look. And so, I don't know. I had this dresser. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. How, you know, the top drawer, it looks like it's separate from the rest of the piece. You know, if you look at the picture, Mm -hmm. you can see that it kind of looks like it's separate. The wood and everything is just different. And so just went with it on that one. That one was really fun to do, though.
1: Let's discuss an antique dresser that you painted in a light gray. And you incorporated a really nice effect with the mask embossed drawer fronts. Tell us about that uh, specific aspect of it, this sort of embossed, textured look that you created on that piece. Did you stencil that? Was What process did you go through for that?
0: I also have blog posts about this too. Um, so if any of this doesn't make sense, you can go find it on my blog. Basically, there's this product from Country Chic Paint and you mix it with, and I like to mix it with some of their brown tone of paint Mm -hmm. so then it makes it look like it is wood if that makes any sense after you paint it and distress it it looks like it's the wood showing through so you mix this stuff up and it makes a paste kind of like the thickness of peanut butter and then um, you just basically put it over a stencil and when you peel back the stencil you have this raised texture the embossing on the drawers. And I've done that, um, that technique on quite a few different dressers. Mm -hmm. And once again, that's another crowd favorite is doing the stenciling on the drawers. It's just something different.
1: It's fun. Does that, so does that dry really hard? It's, it's, it's durable once it, um, once it hardens?
0: Let me think. It's not like Bondo hard. If you know what Uh Bondo feels like, it dries so stinking hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that hard, but it also isn't, it's not soft. So I Mm -hmm. would think of it more of wood filler texture, if that makes any sense. There was one that I did. I let it dry overnight. And then the next day I was like, uh... I don't like this pattern that the stencil created. And so I got a really, really wet rag and I just, I scrubbed it off of the drawer front. So Mm -hmm. after eight hours, I was still able to scrub it all off. But then once you put the paint over and the, um, you know, when you seal it, Mm -hmm. it becomes part of the piece of furniture.
1: Well, we've had several listeners indicate that, that they would like to learn more about shipping their furniture pieces Shipping furniture can be intimidating and you know you have written an excellent shipping tutorial 23 page guide as well for as well as for a reasonable price you can get the guide along with a video tutorial you now Natalie let me ask you what compelled you to offer shipping and why you chose to create the tutorial
0: I had my prices lower than I really wanted and I ended up finding Um, inspiration basically to raise my prices and so I raised my prices and when I did that my mom was saying you know you really should look into shipping and selling on Etsy and I was like mom shipping furniture across the country are you kidding me that sounds so difficult Mm. I don't even know where to begin how would you weigh it how would you even like who would ship it I don't want to ship it with somebody that isn't going to take care of the piece of furniture and then it gets there and, you know, the customer has a broken piece of furniture and that just sounds like a headache. And she's like, okay, well you should look into it. (laughs) (laughs) And anyways, and so then, um, I raised my prices after a little bit, um, people started buying and then things just took off. And so I didn't really, need to look into shipping because I was doing just fine in that mm-hmm. area in Tucson. And then um, my husband graduated from college and he got a job offer in Minnesota. And I was like, okay, cool. Let, we're going to go to Minnesota. And I had, before we accepted the job and everything, I looked kind of to see what the market was for furniture because I plan to continue to do it up here. And I thought, oh, okay, this uh, this looks good. I should be able to sell furniture up there just fine. So we got moved up here. At that point, I got really acquainted with the market up here. I feel like there are more refinishers here than there were in Tucson. Which, Duluth is smaller than Tucson. So... That's not really a good thing when you're trying to start out fresh in a new city, trying to have your prices higher than what everybody else is asking, like two or three times the amount. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just wasn't worth it to continue to paint furniture and sell it if I was basically making minimum wage or in a lot of instances, less than minimum wage. Because, you know, when you put so much time and effort into these pieces and, you know, you're selling a mid-sized dresser for 150 bucks, there really is not any profit for you. And I was just like, you know what? With, um, I was pregnant at that point. I was like, I just, it's not going to be worth it to keep doing this, I'm going to have to find something else to do. And I really don't want to find something else to do because I love to paint furniture, but I love to take care of my family more. At that point, I tried for a couple of months to sell locally and things just weren't selling for the price that I needed them to sell. And so I just was like, okay, well, I guess it's time to really look into shipping now. (laughs) And um, so at that point, I just dove into, okay, how am I going to do this? I read every possible thing that I could. I spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out. Anyways, I finally got the guts to do it, put all of my knowledge into action. And since then, I have, I think I counted that I've shipped over 50 pieces of furniture have you really? from here. Wow. And I've had some local sales, but most of my pieces have been um, shipped to across, you know, across the country. And so I was working with some people that, you know, some other refinishers that are in Minnesota, but they're down in the cities in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And they kept asking me, okay, I really don't understand this shipping thing. Can you teach us? We would love to ship because the prices that you're getting for your furniture is amazing. We want those prices. Anyways, one of them was like, I will even pay you to teach me how to do that. I think <laughs> that we really need to learn from you. You have a lot to teach us. And so they basically pushed me to come out with this video and this... um this guide Mm -hmm. to show people how to ship. And yeah, so I did it as a live class with them. And then since then I have offered that video and the guide on my Etsy shop and on my own website. So many people have bought it and so many people have learned how to ship. And in that guide, I really, I go through the basics Like, okay, this is what you need. You know, honestly, I have had a few pieces of furniture arrive to a customer damaged. And so there are certain people, certain companies that I will not ship through anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's not worth it to me because even when I think that insurance will cover me, it didn't. And so I was like, well, I'm not using you anymore. And so, and then, you know, I take people through, okay, then what did I do when that piece of furniture arrived damaged to my customer? How did I make it right so that both me and the customer were satisfied at the end of, you know, fixing the problem, basically? And anyways, I just... You know, it's good to let people know how to do something, um, walk them through how you do things. And then once you do, I feel like there's a light bulb moment of, okay, you know, it's not as hard as I thought. Oh, okay. So you trust these shippers to ship your pieces. You have shipped 50 pieces and, you know, two of them have been damaged okay, so, you know, you don't use these people anymore. You use these people. And I have contacts that ship clear across the country. So -hmm. no matter where you're at, you can use these contacts to, um, to ship your furniture.
1: Yeah. And you've done a good job of listing those out for, for folks who, um, who get that guide and, and the YouTube, Um, you know, I really, I see why it can be so overwhelming for many people because, you know, it's such a broad thing when you think about it. There are a lot of considerations that go into selling your furniture to those outside your community. But it's amazing because you broaden your customer base immensely. But, you know, you think about the different challenges. I mean, from pricing, you know, the question maybe, can I charge enough for my piece to make it worth it financially? And then time, is it a hassle to ship furniture potentially across the country? But, you do um, your your information goes into a lot of detail. It's certainly evident that you put a lot of work and effort into putting those pieces together, uh, those uh, the guide and the, the YouTube. But also, it's it sounds like it's a lot of uh, from your own experience. What would you say to encourage folks to consider shipping their pieces?
0: I would probably say that I would not be able to continue to paint without shipping. Mm. There's just there's no, there's no way that my family could afford to continue to do this without me shipping. Um, my prices have, you know, if you're a customer, I'm sorry, but my prices have gone way up because I know that people are out there that will pay for it. And I have now four and a half years of experience under my belt that I would like to be paid for. You know, it's a lot of work, and I have made a lot of mistakes. I have learned from my mistakes. You know, it's all worth something. And without shipping furniture, I honestly, I could not be here right now. I could not be supporting my family like I do. I would probably either have to figure out something else to do from home or my kids would have to be going to daycare while I go and get a job outside of the house to be able to support my family.
1: Any thoughts on shipping internationally? Have you shipped to Canada or do you know folks that have shipped from Canada, to the United States? Is that, is that virtually impossible from a financial standpoint or what do you think on that?
0: I don't think it's impossible. I personally have not had the chance to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, that, Magnolia Pier, Shako Interiors piece. If it hadn't sold so fast, I would have actually had a customer who would have asked me to ship up to Canada. Um, but unfortunately, it sold, and so I haven't had that chance. But I have heard of other people shipping internationally, and they've been successful at it. It doesn't it doesn't happen very often, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Anyways. The cost is obviously a lot more to do it internationally. But like you were just saying, there's art in it. And Mm -hmm. these pieces are one of a kind that you just, you can't just get anywhere. And, you know, so people who have the resources, people who have the desire and people who have money, they, they will pay for art in their home if they want it and they will pay for it. And so it's not a matter of it being impossible, it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics to do it and having yeah. a client that will, you know, can afford it. Right. Um it is definitely more logistical to ship within the United States and it's really not as expensive as people think. And there yeah. are definitely definitely people out there willing to pay for it because if you think about it there are people in parts of the country where if they were to buy locally their prices would be way more than if they were to buy somewhere else that charges less and to pay for shipping
1: from the standpoint of owning one of these pieces it's it's a really neat thing to be able to pass it down to uh to your family, you know, through generations as well, well as most things you know information is critical, and once you have the right information, what seemed impossible becomes achievable. so we certainly trust that this information on shipping will will really encourage folks to explore that and and really to reach out to you um, you know i'm sure listeners will want to check out your shipping tutorial, plus I want to add, and you've mentioned this as well that you offer a lot of how to 's on the aspects of furniture finishing. Natalie, tell us your website and your Instagram account.
0: Okay. My website is arrayofsunlight.com. Um, so you can find, you can purchase furniture from there, or you could find, you know, my blog with a ton of different blog posts. And then my Instagram account is at Um On Instagram, I had to throw in the design at the end because a ray of sunlight was taken. So everything else is a ray of sunlight. Instagram is a ray of sunlight design.
1: Gotcha. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, learning more about you, discussing your pieces and gaining insight on shipping your furniture pieces. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us today, Natalie. We hope to have you on again sometime.
0: Thank you so much. That was really, really, really enjoyable. And I would love to be back again and keep, keep working and collaborating with you guys. You guys have some awesome paintbrushes, and you guys oh, do awesome work. So, And yeah, I have really enjoyed seeing all that you've done for the painting, you know, the furniture painting community. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Well, you have a great day, Natalie.
0: Yeah, you too.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blog's Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on thezebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's thezebrawithaneye.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.